stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Open Red, the official podcast of the world of outlaws, NOS, energy drinks, sprint cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and alongside of me, as always, the PR god of the world of outlaws, Nick Graziano. Hi. How What's are you, up? Nick? I am great. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. Why is that? I, uh, I went to Long Island last week. Oh, nice. And uh, went to an Italian bakery. Oh, there you go. And got some really good cannolis. <sighs> okay. Now I'm hungry and jealous. Yeah. They had they were like miniature sized cannolis. You know, regular original ones. And then they had ones where the whole shell was dipped in chocolate. Whew. And then they filled it. <laughs> Dude. It's un- unbelievable. You didn't bring back any. I did, but they're at home because they're for myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is. Okay, <laughs> moving on then. Yeah, they're the best <laughs> ones I've ever had. I had one for breakfast this morning. I wouldn't know. No, I, I just told you I had one for breakfast. Yeah, I, this morning. I wouldn't know how it tastes though. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, you no, no. They, they taste very good. Oh, good to know. Just, just I wanted you to know, they taste very good. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How was your weekend? Not bad. I don't remember what I did, but it was great. Oh, okay. That sounds like a good weekend. I think I did a lot of. A lot of housework. Oh, that's okay. why. A lot, of, a lot of adulting this weekend. Gotcha. Watch any racing? I did. Yeah. A bit of racing. Good. With sprint cars. There you go. With wings. There you go. That's that's good. Because we had a pretty uh pretty good weekend of racing. Actually, a pretty good last week of racing. Uh, going all the way back to uh the Silver Cup. Don Mo- Don. Mm, my goodness, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup from Lernerville Speedway was last Tuesday. It's real easy for me to say. Oh, yeah. I, I apparently, like, my body's back from up north, but my brain's not. That's what happens. You just feed yourself cannolis all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you don't have cannolis for breakfast, even though they're really good. But, yeah, uh, Tuesday was uh, the Silver Cup, Lernerville Speedway. Um, it was a pretty sweet race. <laughs> oh, look what you did there. Yeah, yeah, see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, I think good, he would probably say so, too. Yeah. It's a good night for uh, old Brad Sweet. And then uh, the Outlaws went a little bit towards the east and went over to Williams Grove Speedway for the Summer Nationals. And, uh, you know, the the Outlaws kept it going against the Posse on Friday night, but uh, not so much on Saturday night. Well, all right. We can, we can debate that. I the, think it's worth debating, too. But very clearly, the Posse is claiming that one is one of their own wins. They... They're trying to because they need it. Yeah. They need it. <laughs> it's almost like, all right, sure, maybe we'll give that one to you just to kind of keep the kind of, we got to keep the story going somehow good. But I mean, we can't just keep yeah. dominating all the time. I mean, geez. Right. Uh, Brian Walker, the uh, PR rep for the Outlaws, had the posse at 0 for 16 uh, over the last 16. Races entering Saturday night uh, before Brent Marks went to victory lane, but I think that one's worth debating. That's definitely 
I mean, we had him on the show, what, a month, two months ago? And yeah. he's like, I'm pretty much going to be with the Outlaws the whole rest of the season. I mean, he's it, technically not full-time, but he's it, basically an Outlaw. He's not, yeah, he's not running PA as a posse member. He's he's all over the place. He's, yeah. he's mostly following us, and he's even said he's working his way back to being a full-time Outlaw again. I mean, we'll we'll... We'll give it to you, Posse, if you really just want moral victories. Yeah, I mean, for the sake of having some kind of relevant rivalry, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if moral victories is your thing, I feel like you should be better than that, though. But if it makes you guys sleep better at night, Posse's now won for their last 17. I mean, you can hold that until it becomes an outlaw again next year, then we'll just still claim it an outlaw victory. I think that's worth doing it, and we'll just erase this most... Uh, Recent race recap, or at least just edit the the opening sentences yeah. of it so it reflects correctly. It marks the outlaw <laughs> on this race as an outlaw. Yeah, I think that's worth doing. Um, bit of news came out last week as well uh, after we did the show that we didn't get to speak about, obviously, because it was after we finished recording. But... Um, Mason Daniel is uh, unfortunately retiring from racing. Uh, I completely lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry for that. Like, well, it's big news. It's uh, it's, I think it shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, suffered a concussion in a crash earlier this season, and uh, unfortunately, he says he he can no longer race anymore due to due to the concussion, which, as unfortunate as as that is, is is smart for him and and hopefully he'll make a, a full recovery to the point where he can at least enjoy his life away from being in a race car where he might suffer another one. Yep, we're going to hear from him today. Yes. Uh, hear him talk more about that and kind of what his plans are for the future now. Yes, absolutely. So, uh we're very uh excited to hear from Mason. Uh we're honored to have the chance to to speak with him today. Uh and it's I think it's going to be a pretty eye-opening interview to learn what it's like to be unfortunately going through what he's been going through the last few months. Yeah, definitely can't be, definitely not easy at all, especially when this is something you've dreamed of doing and this is your right. career and now you got to find something new. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, uh, but we'll hear from him shortly. But before we do, we have to have a word from our sponsors, uh, as always, our fine friends at Manscaped. Uh are presenting today's episode of Open Red. Nick, did you know that the Olympics are taking place right now? I did. I've seen some pretty cool stuff happen in the Olympics so far. The Olympics are taking place. The month of money is happening right now. Concerts are back. It's pretty cool stuff some going good stuff on right happening. now. I'm going to say you probably want to be manscaped for a lot of that. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean... Because it's hot out there. It, it is hot out there. Uh, and uh, you're going to want to maintain things uh, with the help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. I mean, Nick, if an athlete treats their body like royalty, why wouldn't you treat yourself like Olympic gold as well? Exactly, and you can. You 100% can by getting the performance package at manscaped.com using the promo code OPENRED20. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code OPENRED20 to get yourself 20% off your purchase plus free shipping. I mean, USA is getting a lot of gold medals, so I'm, I'm assuming it's because they've been using Manscaped. I'm sure those swimmers are. I'm sure. Have, Have to, to be. be. There's not a single hair left on their body. Yeah. They even like buzz their head and then 
put like the shower cap on it. Yeah, I mean that lawnmower is good for any hair, you know. Just yeah, right exactly. Off. Good so, to go. Treat yourself Super like fast. gold. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code OpenRed20. Twenty percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code OpenRed20. And now, without further ado, let's get to today's guest, Mr. Mason Daniel. And on today's episode, we have Mason Daniel joining us. Uh, thank you, Mason, for uh, joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, obviously, you had a little bit of big news that came out uh, the other week. Uh, I guess for yourself, just kind of talk us through um, how you came to this decision. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. It's always a pleasure to be on. Um, and, you know, as part of, you know, stepping down and kind of retiring from racing, that was just kind of, after talking with doctors and kind of my medical history. So I took probably about three concussions before I came out to Midwest and started racing. Um, and then over these last three years, I've probably taken countless more. Um, but there's probably been about three big ones that I've, I've taken um, before I took the one at I-70. Um, and then after I took that one, I noticed the symptoms just were com- more harsh and they weren't going away as quick and, uh, the headaches were more intense. My balance was off. Um, and I was just kind of struggling with those symptoms and they just weren't going away. Um, and after about, you know, two months or the first, after the first initial month, I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe this isn't ever going to go away. Um, so that's when I started to look at specialists and talk to specialists. And then, you know, I got in at UCLA and, They've been a big help, and they just kind of explained to me that after the concussions I've taken, you know, that being my seventh hit, and still suffering the consequences or the symptoms, I should say, all those months later, um, that my brain has healed. Uh, you know, it took the impact, it was damaged, and it's healed. At, they said it normally heals like a month later, but when it heals, it will like, you know, it's like mixing up wiring, right? Um, basically, when it healed, it didn't heal correctly or the part that it healed, now the connections are messed up or something like mm. that. Um, so that's what he was saying. And, uh, you know, he says every time you take a concussion, it just adds on and it's like just multiplying the symptoms every single time you take another one. Um, so... With my seventh one, he was you know, recommending that I don't do the things that give me the concussions <laughs> anymore. Um, and then so after just kind of talking about it, and um, we, we just figured that it was just best to step away at this point. Are you still feeling the, the uh, side effects now? Yeah, so UCLA got me on a uh, medication to kind of ease the tension headaches. Um, it was an old antidepressant they used like in the sixties and seventies. Um, but they used it at really high doses and then they figured out if they microdose people with concussions with it, it seems to help with the symptoms and kind of help like reset the brain and whatnot. So, um, I've been, they give me like 10 milligrams of it. Um, but back in the day they used to give like 150 milligrams out. So I'm getting microdosed with it with like 10 milligrams and that's actually really seemed to cut my tension headaches down and um it stopped my headaches from spiking so like before i was taking the medication i was having a four out of ten headache all day long 
and then in the afternoon or after working out or after exerting yourself, it'd be like an like an eight out of ten. Like it really, really hurt. Like I couldn't even do anything. And then my balance was just completely off. So uh, after the medication, though, it's really helped my headaches go down and kind of go away. Um, I still kind of sometimes get a spike headache, but my tension headaches or my headaches that are dull have gone away. Um, and my balance seems to be getting better, but that's just with time. Uh, now, obviously, we've seen uh, kind of publicly uh, Dale Jr. talk a lot about the concussions he went through and what he did to try and recover from that. Um, it seemed like he, he had like special glasses. There were special um, workouts that they had him do. Is there anything like that that you're trying to do to help this as well? Yeah, his... I've uh, so I've read a lot into his concussion and kind of like why he stepped away from racing and whatnot. And um, his seemed to really bother, like his eyes really bothered him, like fast mm-hmm. movements. And the same with Brock Zerfoss when I was talking to him about it, he said like fast movements with his eyes would bother him. That doesn't really happen with me. My my eyes don't really cause my headaches. It's mainly just um, my balance was really off. I'm like you know I used to. Be, I used to have great balance, and I couldn't even put one foot in front of the other, put my arms out and close my eyes. I'd fall over. Um, so nothing really uh, – I never had, like, any eye issues or the only real, like, workout stuff that my doctor really said was, you know, ease back into your workout routine um, and then just keep working on balance because trying to trying to get my balance back to normal. Um, so that's, that's really all I've been doing is easing myself back into a a full workout, but also monitoring if I have any headaches, then I have to, you know, stop and, and go backwards and start going easier again instead of going harder. Uh, you mentioned going to see the doctors at UCLA and they basically told you like, unfortunately it's probably time to stop doing what you've been doing because you've had so many of them now. What was that moment like for you being as young as you are hearing that everything that you've worked for is coming to an end it's, it just kind of puts you at a loss i mean i'm i'm still at a loss today um you know it it really really sucks um i worked the last five six years of just dreaming and trying to become competitive on the outlaw level and um you know i'll I was thankful I got to be on tour for two years and I feel like I got robbed of, um, you know, being out there longer or being, you know, having a career at it necessarily. Um, but like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing next. Like I didn't plan to do anything else but race. I just plan to, you know, keep working at it, keep working hard and to get better. Um, and to kind of just have that taken away from you, you almost don't want to believe it's true. You just, you just kind of like, Oh, well like, you know, that's now just give me a week and I'll be back in the car Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that's kind of the mentality you always take at it. But you know, when you have everything to race and it's all just sitting in your shop and you can't go do it, it just, it puts a bitter taste in your mouth and just kind of makes you sick to your stomach that you want to be out there. But for your health, you know, for long-term health, I should not be, you know, I don't want to be in my forties forgetting everything, you know, I don't want to have long-term concussion issues. So, um, it really hurts to not be out there and it's kind of even turned me away from watching races. I mean, I think I'm in that, you know, 
the seven stages of grief or whatever. Like I'm in the mad part. Like I'm mad. I can't be out there. I'm just, you know, mad. at. I can't blame anybody, but I'm just kind of mad at myself, I guess, that I got hurt and whatnot. And then I can't be out there. So I've been watching really any races because like I said, I have everything to go out there, but it just makes you sick that you can't go do it. Like you said, it's really, it, it is grief. It's a grieving process. It's, it's a loss of something that you love in a way, I guess for yourself. How are you, uh, trying to bring yourself through that grieving process at the moment. Like you said, you, you read what Junior had to say about what, him stepping away. Are you looking at maybe what other athletes have done in certain situations of why, what they, how they've, how they've comprehended trying to step away or just different things like that? Yeah, so <clears throat> I talked to Tanner Swanson. He used to be my uh, crew chief and driver coach and stuff when I was out in California, and when he kind of first stepped away, he still runs a couple of times throughout the year, but he said when he first stepped away, it was the same thing that, you know, he didn't want anything to do with racing, wouldn't watch it, wouldn't do anything. Cause he just, you need, it's like almost like quitting smoking <laughs> when you love something so much like racing and, and whatnot that you kind of have to stop cold Turkey and kind of separate yourself from it. Tanner said, and then he said, you know, once he was over being mad and stuff of that he couldn't race anymore, he finally became a race fan and stuff. So I've talked to him a lot about it and just kind of what I'm going through. And um, it's just kind of, you know, I'm back. I'm kind of bouncing around places right now because I'm trying to get stuff sold and trying to pack up my house. And that's kind of hard because it's, you know, the outlaws and the family occurred out there were my life. So it's like a loss of, you know, your livelihood almost. Um, so I've been just trying to stay busy and I've been talking with him and, and just trying to maybe get back to my normal routine, but, uh, it's been hard and really that's the only thing you can do is just keep moving forward and, and, you know, trying to find a new passion for something else. So you mentioned trying to go into, you know, your, your normal routine and and keep busy, but your life obviously has been racing. So what is... I guess your new normal routine, what are you doing to keep busy when you know that it's not going to the race shop to prepare for that weekend's race or not getting back on the road and going to the racetrack? Yeah, well, right now I'm I'm still packing up my house. So um, I guess right now I'm really in the stage of kind of shutting everything down and I'm still around my cars and my team as I'm pricing stuff and getting ready to sell stuff and whatnot. And um, I've been packing up my house this whole entire week and just kind of getting everything put away and, and ready to get sent back to California. So right now it's just a lot of packing and pricing and taking inventory of what my team has and getting ready to sell everything. Um, but I'm not sure what it's going to be, you know, once all that's done, once, once I sold everything and kind of get back to California, man, I don't know. I don't know what, what's next um i don't really have any plans i know i I know i should be thinking about it i guess (laughs) but uh still kind of kind of hard to think about and when i still have cars and motors at the shop i don't think i'll ever give up on the dream of racing but even though i'm selling everything and i need to be done i guess i don't really want to think about it until i have everything sold and done when you weren't racing, what was it that you enjoyed doing that maybe you could see yourself maybe getting involved in more if there, if there is something like that? Man, I don't know. I've been racing since (laughs) 
I was in seventh grade. So all I knew was school and then, uh, and then racing. So, um, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to school or something like that. I got the family business to go back to. Um, so I could do something like that and, and go back, but, um, I don't make might go back to school. Who knows? But, uh, I think I'll have to figure that out, but I haven't really known anything other than, than chasing that dream of, you know, working hard and racing every weekend. For those that don't know, what is the uh, family business? So uh, family business is a trucking company out in California. We're the, the largest ag hauler in California. So what we do is we haul directly from fields to processing plants. So our, our big season is tomatoes and we work for ConAgra as our biggest customer. And uh, so we haul, haul from their fields after they pick the tomatoes, they get put into our uh, tubs and then our trucks come pick our tubs up, take them to the processing plant. Um, there's about four or five of them all over California. And then there the tomatoes get processed in a tomato paste, which goes into Hunt's ketchup. Um, they do like the spaghetti sauce for ragu and all the other ones. So basically any tomato product, um, that ConAgra owns, we haul to the processing plants. And then we also do potatoes out of the desert, citrus, anything that goes to juice, anything that gets processed in a juice. We do, we work for Bud Light and Budweiser, the big breweries out of um, Los Angeles. We haul all the extra uh, process of beer once they malt everything and it's all done. We haul that to dairies and the cows eat it. And then we do some grapes over on the coast, and then we do the peppers for uh, sriracha, and we haul those down into Los Angeles. Wow. It's very cool, actually. Yeah, definitely. A lot to do there. Um, obviously, being on the Outlaw Tour and having your own team, there's a lot just to be learned in general. What do you think you'll take away from that experience that you can bring into something else now? Uh, it's definitely, you know, people management is a, is a big skill that you learn on tour. You know, you have your your set of guys that you're always with, you know, your, your tire guy, your car chief and your crew chief, you're always working with those guys. So probably just how to lead a team and how to keep guys together and, you know, keep one guy happy or whatnot. Cause it's hard when you're on tour. I mean, the teams go through tire guys or crew guys fairly fast because people think it's, you know, Oh, I'm going to go on tour and work and everything. It's going to be fun, but it's actually a grind. It's actually really hard. And that's what most fans don't see. And um, I think it's just I learned fast how to keep guys happy and how to keep the team together. Um, and then also managing the money and, and managing, you know, what you have to run on a year and sponsors and those relationships. So I think, you know, I'm 21 and I've, I think, you know, average 21 year old should be in college at frat parties or whatnot. And um I think that I definitely have a lot of skills that the average 21 doesn't 21 year old doesn't have. And I had to be, I had to grow up real fast. You know, at, at 17, I moved out here in the Midwest and was running a team. So, um, you know, I think I'll take all those skills of people and money management and sponsorship relations into what I do next. But I, I just have to figure that out in the long run. With all of those things in mind, um, 
I don't I don't think anybody out there will would blame you for feeling the the anger towards everything that you're feeling in your current situation. But if down the road, you know, that that anger starts to subside, do you think you could ever see yourself being a car owner for someone else? Yeah, I think most I think like even now when I when I announced I was quitting racing, people were like, well, why don't you just come a car owner? And the simple fact is that just costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being on the tour costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I don't think people really understand that side. If you're fielding your car or whatnot, if you own a team, it's still the same amount of money. So I think maybe one day if, you know, I can finally accept that maybe I can't drive anymore. Um, I could see myself maybe getting back into it, but um, I think I need to kind of, you know, I have that itch to get back in the car and drive. And I think maybe once I lose that, I could see myself fielding a car. Definitely uh, would be cool to see. Definitely uh, back out there and doing something. Um, what what, have, what were some of your looking back? I guess now some of your favorite moments on your tour on the tour so far. Oh man, I really enjoyed just being out there. I mean, I think everything was kind of kind of fun and special to me. Um, you know, my first first world finals like at charlotte even though it was during covid and whatnot it was those that was still a special moment um man all of it really i I don't think i can pick out one moment that really stand out i mean it was all just you know it's like a kid living his dream and i was really lucky to live that dream for for two years and um even though it got cut short i'm still very very thankful for it Oh, we we really enjoyed getting to see your race out there, and uh, I know I can speak on behalf of all of us that it's a it's a shame we're not going to be able to see you out there anymore. But obviously, you've got to take care of your health first and foremost because we only get one shot at this thing. And like you said, you've still got plenty of years left to make sure that you you've you're going good and you can play with future kids or something and and know exactly what's going on. And uh, ultimately, sometimes. Racing may not be worth the the long run risk, so uh, definitely seems like you're at least doing the right thing. And we're glad to hear that uh, as we sit now, a couple months out from from the crash, that you're doing a lot better than you were back then. Yeah, thank you, thank you. No, I appreciate that. And yeah, that's just what it comes down to. I wish I could get back in the car tomorrow. I really do. And like I said, I still have everything, so that kind of hurts and uh, whatnot. But no, I, it's definitely the best decision for my long-term health. So um, it's the right decision to make, and sometimes the right decision is the hardest decision to make. So um, that's for sure that. But I appreciate everything that the Outlaws did for me and everyone on tour did for me. When you know, as a kid, just trying to run the tour, everyone was super helpful, and I'm very appreciative to all the teams, crew guys, drivers, and every official that I met. Like you mentioned, uh, you talked with Brock about his situation a little bit. Do you see yourself being almost as uh, a, a resource or a kind of advocate uh, for drivers just to kind of talk about this and uh, how to deal with it? Yeah, I think it's it's something that maybe that's changed um, for sure. Back in the day, you know, when, when Danny ran and when, you know, all those older guys ran, they were kind of doing it as their livelihood and, you know, if they got banged up and whatnot, then they were they're gonna get in the car next week in a race, no matter how it affected them later on in life. They never thought of the long term stuff. I think 
there's a lot of young guys in racing right now that really just they they love racing and whatnot but i think you really have to take a take a step back and go man listen you're you're 18 19 20 21 and you got really hurt you don't need to be back in a car i mean there's other things you can do in life you know that are still going to give you a good quality of life you don't have to as much as you want you don't have to get in a car every weekend and and potentially hurt yourself so i think it is something to talk about too and those young guys you know like myself get hurt like you really got to look at long term down your down the down your future you know what type of life you want to have i mean do you want to be 40 years old and really can't remember anything from concussion issues or do you want to be the same age and have major back problems and need surgery because I know I've been to the chiropractor at least twice a week racing when I was in the race season because of how bad my back would get messed up. So there's a lot of stuff that I think these young guys who who really want to race and, you know, I really wish I could be racing too, but you have to look at your quality of life that you want to live down the road. And um, I think they just kind of forget that. They try to act like these old guys, you know, like Danny or whatnot that would get hurt and just get right back in the car and, you know, kudos to them they didn't care about the quality of life that they were going to have later on in life so um i think it's kind of a wake-up call to these young guys that really bust their butts in a race car and get back in the next weekend like hey you need to take some time off for yourself you need to make sure your body's healed and stuff before you you get back in and kind of maybe rethink your career path a little bit because trust me you don't want to be like some of these older guys that are now in their 50s or 60s you know you go out I mean, nothing to anybody, but you go try to have a conversation with some of the old racers and, you know, they don't know what's happening five minutes from now or five minutes beforehand. They're just kind of lost. So you don't want to be like that when you're older. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. I've met quite a few guys even younger than you who are like, yeah, I've probably had four or five concussions. Got one, I think, maybe last week or the week before, but it's all right. We'll just we'll just keep racing. And uh, I'm always like, man, you know, I, I've had a few, nowhere near as bad as the ones you've had, and the ones I've had suck too, and I, I can't believe that there's like, oh, I'm just going to hop right back in the race car. So, you know, like you said, it's sometimes the, the right decision is the hardest decision, and that statement right there shows a lot of maturity beyond uh, 21 years old. Definitely. No, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mason, for, for coming on and taking the time today to uh, to speak with us. We really appreciate it. And like I said, we're glad to hear you're doing a lot better than you were uh, a few months ago. Yeah, wish we all in the future, too. Yes, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate you, you having me on. And if you guys are ever in California or even when the Outlaws come back to California on, on the fall swing, I'll be out there. Awesome. Oh, that's good awesome. You. Thank you. All right, you guys. Well, have a good day. You, too. Thank you. That was uh, a pretty cool conversation we had with Mason there. Definitely informative and uh, just uh, neat to hear from him and his perspective and all that. Yeah, it was nice to hear from him. It, it sucks that he can't race anymore, but Definitely. at least he's doing pretty well overall, uh, it appears. But Yeah, it's never an easy thing to just kind of have a 180 on <laughs> your life and career pretty yeah. much. Concussions suck, man. You ever have one? Never had a full one, no. I've had somewhere between three and five, but never anywhere near this bad. Like, yeah. I would put them all in the, the mild range where I was kind of messed up for, like, three to five days or something, and then eventually it was totally fine. But nothing bad enough where I've had to, like you said, do a complete 180 on my life's plans. I mean, that, that sucks. Yeah, but good thing he's still, uh, in general, good health, still doing well. 
Uh, I'm sure we'll still see him around. Um, but going forward, uh, there's still some racing to talk about. We got to we have to cover off here. Yeah. On now, um, a little bit of news coming out this week first too. Uh, some pretty cool. Uh, Shane Stewart is coming out of retirement to return to the Knoxville Nationals with sponsorship from Trackhouse Entertainment, uh, Justin Marks uh, Company. That's really cool. Uh, it's cool to see that uh, Justin's still helping out someone who definitely seems to be a, an old friend and f- yeah. former driver and in Shane Stewart. If you, for some reason, don't remember, Shane Stewart used to race for Justin when it was Kyle Larson racing with Justin Marks. And I think Duke it was Clark. called Larson Marks Racing yeah, That's for a little it. while. That's yep, yep, you're right. Uh, so, you know, they, they go back pretty far. So that's, that's really awesome that, you know, Justin's now up at the NASCAR cup series level, but isn't, um, forgetting a little bit of, uh, of his past a little yeah, bit where there. it came from. Yeah. It's cool to see, uh, someone like that still be involved in sprint car racing. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't just a one-off deal. Hopefully we'll see him more, um, do maybe whether it's sponsorship or his own team again, or yeah. who knows what the possibilities are. We'll have to ask him, Nick. Maybe there's, uh. We'll Maybe have there's to a find way. a way to ask Maybe him there's and a way. see if there's the uh, possibility of Trackhouse World of Outlaws team coming. Uh, that'd be cool. Be I mean, really he, cool. they just announced he's moving into Chip Ganassi, which is just down the road from us. So Yeah, maybe we'll have to uh, swing on over there after the whole move is made and everything. Let me just, we'll just persuade him. Hey, you know, there's this other thing you could do, too. All right, don't forget about us. We're right behind the exactly. NASCAR R&D building. Exactly. Just keep the Outlaws right right in front, of your, in front of your face there and be like, oh, you know, I want to go do that again. So uh, what you can do is tweet at Justin Marks and tell him, hey, how about starting a sprint tar- car team again? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Pu- pure pressure always works. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, or you can you know, make sure to add uh, Tag Pitbull in there, too. He's a partner in that. So how cool it be to have Pitbull at some sprint car races? Do you think he's ever been, seen a sprint car before? I don't know. He's, he's, they got to bring him to Knoxville Nationals and show him. He'd be hooked. I feel like if he really enjoys NASCAR Cup racing as much as he says he does, oh, he's going to be he blown away. Be by blown sprint away cars. by yeah. sprint cars. I think that would. We got to find a way to get uh, Mister Worldwide to a sprint car race now. I think that's our mission. It's going to happen now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned some racing last week, and we mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, we had three nights of racing last week for the World of Outlaws. It started off last Tuesday, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup at Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, Pennsylvania. It was a really good night for Brad Sweet as he went to victory lane over Donnie Schatz and Aaron Wright. So it's kind of t- cool that two of the top three on Tuesday were two of the top three last year, but Brad actually won this battle because he lost it like on the last corner last year. Yeah, he almost threw it away again. He went completely off track. Uh, going into three, I'm like, oh my god, there goes the leader. Well, he got back on, and he had like a seven second leader or whatever, <laughs> something crazy. Anyway, so he he was fine. Yeah, I ended up working out for him. A twenty five thousand dollar check headed his way. Uh, as we said, it was Brad Sweet taking the win. Donnie shot second. Aaron Reitzel third. David Gravel fourth, and James McFadden in fifth. Logan Schuhart finished sixth. Carson Macedo seventh. Tim Schaefer eighth. Christopher Bell ninth, and Sheldon Hoddenshield rounded out the top ten. Your lap leaders on the night. How about Cy Lynch? Led laps one through eleven before Brad Sweet took the lead on lap twelve and held it all the way to the end of the night. Your KSC Hard Charger Award went to Carl Bowser, who gained ten spots on the night from twenty fourth up to fourteenth. Moving ahead to Friday for the first night of a doubleheader at Williams Grove Speedway for the second time this season. The Outlaws versus the Posse, and once again, it was the Outlaws, although it almost wasn't. If he had a few more laps, I think Lance DeWeese might have gotten oh, man. He, I think we looked up the times, and he was like a second faster than Sheldon's last five laps or whatever. 
Everyone says Williams Grove is really hard to pass on, but no one apparently told Lance DeWeese, who went from 17th to 2nd. And if you had any guess who the KSE Hard Charger Award winner was on this night, yes, it was Lance DeWeese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gained good call. Good 15 call. spots. It's worth mentioning a second time. 17th to 2nd. An absolutely ridiculous run. Uh, he's kind of good there. Just a little bit. I think he has maybe just a handful of wins there. Yeah, just a handful or a few handfuls or maybe uh, you know over 100 victories there. Uh, but Sheldon Hoddenshield bested him on this night. Uh, your rundown was Sheldon Hoddenshield taking the win, Lance Dewey's second, James McFadden third, Donnie Schatz fourth, Brent Marks in fifth, David Gravel finished sixth, Carson Macedo finished seventh, Brad Sweet eighth, Logan Schuhart ninth, and Danny Dietrich rounding out the top ten. Your lap leaders... There was only one of them. Sheldon Hoddenshield led every single one of the 25 laps on Friday night. And then we turn our attention to Saturday night to round out the week of racing. And I guess we'll give it to you, Posse. Brent Marks went to victory lane over Sheldon Hoddenshield and Donnie Schatz in third. Carson Macedo finished fourth. Lance DeWeese fifth. Anthony Macri finished sixth. James McFadden in seventh. David Gravel eighth. Aaron Reitzel ninth. And Lucas Wolf rounded out the top ten. Your lap leaders on Saturday night. Donnie Schatz led laps one through twenty before Brent Marks went by him and led laps twenty-one through thirty. Your KSE Hard Charger Award on Saturday night. Logan Schuhart with a gain of nine positions on Saturday night. Not too shabby either. No, went from 21st up to 12th. So uh, it was a, a pretty strong run there after what appears to just be, you know, and not not so great preliminary uh, events on, on the night for the 1S of Logan Schuhart. Yeah, they've been uh, struggling a little bit here. I kind of feel like we've talked about that a bit this year. It seems like they just can't find that consistency again. Yeah, it's 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 been... Uh, the best way to say it is a roller coaster season for them. For sure. Uh, it seems like they've hopped on a roller coaster that's uh, abandoned right across the street from Williams Grove. Yeah, that's a pretty cool roller coaster, but I'm not sure one I'd really want to ride. Not no. You, no. you want you want your peaks and valleys to just look like a uh Well, the best way to say it is just a dead person's heart monitor. Just flat. Not sure I want that sound, but uh, <laughs> you don't want the sound, but you just want it nice and smooth, just you know, running right along that first place position. No peaks, no valleys, just smooth and consistent. Yeah, but no. No, you don't want that's, that. That's part. not. That's what. That's not what you no, want to hear for you. You don't. You don't want that part. Uh, <laughs> taking a look at the point standings after our most recent race, which was again this past Saturday, Brad Sweet still atop the championship standings over Carson Macedo, who is in second place, 112 points back of the lead. David Gravel is third, 138 points back. Donnie Schatz is fourth, 228 points back. Sheldon Hoddenshield rounds out the top five, 240 points out. Before the Outlaws turn their attention to the Empire State of New York for a doubleheader this weekend at Ransomville Speedway on Friday, July 30th, and then it's off to Weed Sports Speedway on Saturday, July 31st. New York. That's your area of New York. I am excited. You're heading up there, right? I am heading up there. I will be at the Weed Sport race. You getting to go home a little bit before going to the track? A little bit, yep. Very nice. Spend some time at home, see the pups, see the parents, see some friends. How far away is uh, Weed Sport from where you're from? About a half hour. Oh, that's not bad at all. Not bad at all. No. Really, Weed Sport's definitely one of my favorite tracks, just in general, too. It's always fun to race at, and just really the upgrades that they did to that place is just, it's 
It's like Eldora standard now. It, super nice looking facility. I love the uh, the LED lighting that they've got there now. Yep. It was really, really nice. Um, I've never had the chance to get up there. It's, it's only about solid six hours from me. <laughs> Being down on Long Island, so I, I've I've never seen many uh, many races up there, and a few that I have uh, have been mostly pavement races. However, my first Outlaws race was actually in upstate New York, but it was you know still a little bit on the downstate side from where you're from at Orange County Fair Speedway in uh, Middletown. Yep, I yep, believe the World of Outlaws late models are actually headed there not not too uh, not too long from now. Yep, they will be there soon. Um, I believe. The Super Dirt Car Series was supposed to be there. I think they got rained out. But uh, the Super Dirt Car Series was just at Weedsport, put on a pretty good show there. I think, they always do. Yeah, I think we're in for a good treat of another uh, World of Outlaw show there. I think the last time the sprint cars were there, Brent Marks actually won. Did that one count as posse too? No, he was actually an outlaw then. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That is not posse territory. Of course, of course. I mean, I know that. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that I don't think that... Brent Marks's win on Saturday should be a posse win either. I think if we're going to claim that, you may as well claim Brent Marks winning a wheat sport as a posse win also. No, nah, let's not go that far. That's No? no, no it's no. not as ridiculous? No, no. I, I don't even know where we're going with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where we're going is taking a look at the upcoming schedule because uh, there's not many days left in the month of July. So now we're getting ready to turn our attention to the month of August. Uh, that starts off Friday, August 6th, and Saturday, August 7th, with uh, one of my favorite weekends of the whole sprint car calendar. It's Ironman weekend at Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peavely, Missouri, the night before the Ironman on Friday, August 6th, and the Ironman 55 on August 7th. Last year's Ironman was an absolutely phenomenal race that Kyle Larson ended up winning, and the year before that was one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen by any driver in any race car ever when Sheldon Hodenshield just destroyed the field. He's a little good there, I'd say. Just a little good there. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, and then right after that, it's Knoxville Nationals week. Big week. Yeah. Wednesday, August 11th. Thursday, August 12th. Friday, August 13th. Saturday, August 14th. It's the 60th Nosville. I said Knoxville. It is Knoxville. <laughs> the Knoxville Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's General Stores. Again, that's Wednesday, August 11th through Saturday, August 14th. If you can't make it, get yourself a platinum uh, platinum subscription to Dirt Vision. You'll be able to watch all of that action included in your platinum pass. Uh, and we may or may not, Nick have a way for you to be able to get there for a couple of nights uh, on this due to this show. I think a very easy way, too. Right? So here's the thing. We might have uh, 10 sets of two tickets to Wednesday and Thursday night show at the Knoxville Nationals that we can just give to you. We can just say, here, you win these. It's, How do they go about winning them? Uh, ask a question. I just did. Just, yeah, just like How that. How do they go about winning? Yeah, pretty much something like that. You know, ask us a good question. So go on uh, Twitter or Facebook. Um, use hashtag Open Red uh, or on Facebook. I don't think the hashtags really work that way, but there's a post you can find <laughs> <laughs> that talks all about this. Um, but ask either a question for a driver, we'll get answered, or if you got a question for us, um, the 10 best questions that we'll pick are going to win tickets. Can we win them? We cannot. Okay. Um, I'm going anyway. I don't know about you, but I don't think I need them. No, you're, you're so I, you're I will good, gladly I give them away. Okay. Well, 
that'll be really cool. That'll be really fun. So uh, follow those instructions that Nick just gave, and uh, you might get the chance to win yourself a couple of tickets to the Knoxville Nationals. You can be there the whole week. You can be there Wednesday, Thursday, then get your tickets for Friday and Saturday, and just be an awesome. Trust me, you, you don't want to miss this, this experience. In this experience. That's how excited I am. Can't even talk about it. <laughs> I'm just glad it's back. Uh, it was one of those events that we uh, unfortunately lost last year due to the pandemic. Uh, but it is back, and I know that the fine folks at Knoxville Raceway are going to make it one of the biggest Knoxville Nationals uh, of all time. I mean, it's the 60th. That's big in itself. Uh, but after a year off, it's it's going to be massive. I cannot wait. And again, if you cannot make it, uh, make sure you get yourself a Platinum Pass to Dirt Vision as it is included. That is our annual subscription, uh, and it, you will get the entirety of the Knoxville Nationals for the 410 Sprint Cars plus the 360 Knoxville Nationals as well. Another good uh, show, too. Before. Um, after that, the Outlaws move on to Friday, August 20th, the second leg of the Northern Tour, the return to the River City Speedway in Grand Forks, North Dakota. The following night, they will head over to West Fargo, North Dakota's Red River, Red River Valley Speedway for the duel in, in the Dakotas. And then on Sunday, August 22nd, I said that's so odd, but I just tried to not trip up over myself that it came out Dakotas. Dakotas. Um, Sunday, August 20th, the Outlaws are back at Brandon, South Dakota's Lightning fast bullring of Hucet Speedway for the Pioneer Bin Buster Bash. That's a great like event that. name. That is I amazing. love that one. Uh, the Outlaws then round out the month of August on Friday, August 27th at I-80 Speedway for the FVP Platinum Battery Showdown. And then Sunday, August 29th at the Black Hills Speedway in Rapid City, South Dakota for the Rushmore Outlaw Showdown. And then there's only like two and a quarter months left. Of the schedule, Nick. Can you believe it? After, after the Nationals, that? the season is just going to fly by. Yes. Yes, it is. And at that point, we'll have a really good idea of whether or not there's actually going to be a championship battle that will be allowed by Brad Sweet, or if he's just going to say, not today, and run away with this thing. Carson closed a little bit again, but at the same time, Williams Grove isn't really Brad's strong suit. So now we're going back to tracks. He's pretty good again. So we'll we'll see if he just says, nah, I'm taking this. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Um, now I think, Nick, to be honest with you, is a pretty good time for us to say goodbye as well. Yeah, I think we can do that too. All right, well, uh, until next time, my name is Rob Blount. I am Nick Graziano. And uh, we will catch you later. Thanks as always for listening. Bye-bye. Hashtag open red. <laughs>